Hello, everyone. It's your girl, Brinks, and welcome back to The Sit Down. Today, we have the honor of having one of my high school classmates and close friend, Shanice. So, what's up, Shanice? Hi! <laughs> so, we, uh, me and Shanice have known each other. Let's see, I was a freshman in high school in like, oh, three, maybe, something like that. But since I was a freshman in high school, <laughs> and I still don't know how I got to sit at y'all table because you were upperclassmen at the time. So, I don't even know how that happened. And Everybody so, just sat at our table. We yeah, were all just everywhere. Y'all really had, like, <laughs> y'all were the people to sit with. And so I don't even know how I got over there with y'all, but I was glad to be in, like, the quote-unquote in crowd because I was <laughs> a nervous little freshman. <laughs> and I used to be scared of, like, juniors and seniors. So I was just like, what is going on? But, like, Shanice was always so nice to me. And I loved her eyeliner at the time because you used to wear, like, silver eyeliner. I was like, I want Yes, that. girl, Yes. <laughs> Like, that is so cute. I want to wear silver eyeliner. So um, I'm just glad that we were able to keep in touch over the years. And then, like, of course, um, my mom goes to church with her mother-in-law. We know the family. So it's yeah. just, it's been good all around. And, then, you know, we used to have parties at all occasions. It's just good times. Just good yeah. times. Good times. Good times. But um, now Shanice has grown up. And she has two beautiful children. And she um, owns a business that you run with your husband, just doing like all good things, good things, good things. Um, and we had to go ahead and start this episode, y'all, because we had already started talking about some really good stuff. So <laughs> I cannot wait to get into it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like I mentioned, me and Shanice have known each other for a good little while and we follow each other on social media. And so we like to send like funny stuff about our moms and how they are like kind of religious or super religious they just big kids and it's just like i know you love the lord but i'm not about to let you go to church right now because of covid so sit down hello (laughs) it's just too much so it's like do you find it like as our age group has kind of i won't say experimental but we're kind of broadening our ways and how we think about religion and think about christianity and some of us are way more spiritual than we are religious and like those traditions so do you find it difficult to talk to your mom about different views on religion? How does that work for you all? Um, well, my mom is super religious. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wouldn't say it's difficult, mm-hmm. but you know how you just tread lightly. Right. You know exactly what to say and what not to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I respect. I love about my mom is that she respects how I feel about certain things. That's, yeah. Um, so even though she's hard headed when I'm fussing at her about something, right. Um, she respects if I feel a certain way that maybe she doesn't feel. And we, we've gotten to the place where we can agree to disagree. Okay. That's um, good. That's good. Yeah. We can agree to disagree about certain things. Um, and I just have to keep, I just have to tell her, you know, we have to remind our parents that y'all raised us. We, we okay. You know what I'm saying? We, exactly. We was in church all the time you was in church. We, we good. We know. Right. Like, we, we see you shouting and was afraid. <laughs> Look, my mama got, we went to like a revival. <laughs> my mama got this shout. I'm going up to the ushers after church. I'm like, is she okay to drive home? Because I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to drive after you catch the spirit. This is my first time seeing it. I didn't know what yes. happened. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like you said, like they, we went to church with them every Sunday, Bible study, we cooking, all this type of stuff. So it's like, okay. you laid the foundation for us. So we know who God is, but I feel like right. when you're on your journey, getting closer to God, you start asking more questions. Like you want right. to understand, like, 
well, why is this like this? And why is that? And so me and my mom had a conversation probably two or three weeks ago. And I was just like, some stuff just doesn't make sense to me anymore. And I've gotten to the point to where, because I used to be like, oh, well, you know, some stuff is just not meant for me to understand. And that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. But maybe that day I was fed up. I was like, I don't know why. <laughs> Girl, was so I was so irritated. I was like, I don't know why babies be born with cancer. I don't understand why girl, we got COVID girl. right now. And then I was looking at my mom. I was like, I don't even understand why you had to get breast cancer. Like, tell me, like, what's going on? You know, because it's like, and she was saying, you know, like, God, let you go through things to, you know, to strengthen your faith and this and this and this. And I was like, okay, cool. So what about Job? Because Job was chilling. Right. <laughs> he was doing what he was supposed to do. So why did all these things happen to him? And so we both were just kind of going back and forth. And she was like, you know, as you continue along your walk, like you'll get to know him more and things will start making like more sense to you and you'll be able to find you know those answers for yourself so like you said like it's an open dialogue open discussion for us and at the end of the day she gives me the space to kind of express myself like you know how I want to because some um some people are like oh well she has crystals and she's like burning sage I said baby God put the rocks here so I'm a, Girl, I'm they a, crazy. They okay. Think crazy. They think you crazy. And it's just like, I'm saying we good. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not praising my crystal, but I'm gonna put it around my neck. Cause it's <laughs> warding off some evil spirits that the Lord know. Okay. Come on. Like we gonna work it together. <laughs> we gonna work it together. God made the sun he, and the sage grows out the ground that he made. So I'm gonna burn it. Like we just gonna make it work. <laughs> right. And I feel like as our generation, as we've grown older, you know, um, I've looked at other religions mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. I just do what works best for me. Right. You know, um, I love God. I, I know that there is a God, but certain things, like you said, just don't be making sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, that goes back to my mommy telling her, like, you raised me. I know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also know that we're on this earth creating our own path. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we just have to do what's best for us. How, Whatever you need to do to just make you a good person at the end of the day. Exactly. That's what I need you to do. For sure. Because, like, I went to this phase. I was like, I'm just trying to protect my peace. So whatever I need to do to protect my peace, that's what I'm going to do. So if, like, if I need to go to another church because I feel like my peace is not being protected, I'm going to do that. But, you know, it just... It just depends. It just depends on what you're going through. And like you said, at the end of the day, as long as you're being a good person, you're not messing up anybody else's day and you're right. walking in your path and fulfilling your purpose. If right. you, you know, praise the same God I praise or you don't, it's OK. As long as you're doing what makes you happy and putting out positivity into the world. So absolutely. Absolutely. So in regards to our moms, my mom always had like some famous lines that she would say when I was growing up. And I can close my eyes and hear her saying it right now, like she's saying it in the other rooms. So, like, what is a famous line that your mom used to tell you while growing up? Uh, my mom's one and only famous line that I used to get in trouble for replying to was, <laughs> do you think money grows on trees? And my reply would be, well, it's paper. And I think you usually okay. use paper. Right. So, yes. Yes, I do think money grows on trees. Can I have these seven dollars with this game ring? Yes or no? <laughs> right. Like that's all I'm asking. You you give me extra. I just want to know can I go? Can I not go? <laughs> right. So uh my mom was kind of a she's kind of a quiet person. Mm-hmm. Um so she I didn't really get too many sayings. Um other than, you know, the the same black 
black mama ones. I'm not one of your little friends. Oh, yes. My mama love I'm that not, one. You think I'm boo-boo the fool. Yes. But um, I was always a child on the go, go, go. Mm-hmm. So I always needed some type of coin. Okay. Yeah, that's so real. So that was two, three times a week. It's, do you think money grown trees? And I just gave twenty dollars the other day. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did, but and I need some more. Today is a different day. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Like I remember asking. I think I wanted to go to the movies or something. Just something simple. And I asked her, and she said no. And I was like, Well, I'm gonna go ask my daddy. And so then I was. <laughs> I used to play them against each other like it wasn't nothing. Didn't even care. I was like, I'm gonna ask him because he's nicer than you right now. So I'm asking. Oh, yeah. Let me go to the other question. And I need then, to know my stepdaddy. Like, let me go ask him this. Right. You got obviously. Clearly, you have an attitude today. <laughs> and then they don't help you now. What's your mama saying? I'm like, that's not right. what we're talking about. Clearly, she said no. That's why I'm asking you. That's why I'm over here for the dollars. <laughs> she did not care. And so me, me, and me, I'll, and I still do this in my adult life. I'll just keep asking. But I'll ask in like a different way. Or I'll give you like 30 minutes. And then I'll ask again. Oh, yeah, and, I kind of hit you up in the morning time when you're on your way yes, out. Yes, like, let me catch you in a good mood. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask in the morning because I know people at work going to get on your nerves. So let me get it out all in the morning so I can get a yes before you get mad again. Right. But she used to tell me, she was like, you can keep asking me, but my answer is going to be no. <laughs> and I just be like, I don't understand. She would just be so determined in her thought. I'm like, you don't want to change your mind? but And then... You know, I used to hit my mama with, but you probably hit your mama with, it's just me. You could have had like two or three more kids <laughs> needing some money, but it's just me. So, yeah. She had told me one time, she was like, you know, because kids don't ask to, you know, be brought into this world and this, this, and this. And I don't know why she told me that. So then I would ask for stuff and I'm like, but I ain't need asked to be here. Like, <laughs> y'all brought me in this world. So it's like, why I can't do you brought me here. They gonna tell me no. Nah, I can't do that. And she's like, if you don't get in my face, I was like, yes, ma'am, because I'm not trying to get jacked up today. Now we <laughs> just in the room looking at the walls for the next two days. Absolutely mad. And me, she used to always say, because I would be like, well, so and so is doing it, and she was like, so if they ju- go jump off the bridge, you gonna jump off too? And I'm like, no, but I really wanted to go. <laughs> I wanted to do this with them, and it's like it's it has like evolved or like came like full circle circle in my adult life because now I'm like well you know I'm not gonna make this decision based off what this person say or that person say like I want to know for myself like yes I'm gonna mm-hmm. do this or like no I'm not gonna do this and that stuff I think about it now I'm like that's funny because she really used to do that but it really has made a difference <laughs> like in my life because she would be like now nah, if you get in trouble at school and I found out it was just you you still get in trouble at home, but it's not going to be at work, as worse. Right. But if you get in trouble at school and you was following somebody, Girl. Oh yeah, it's it's horrible. It's like World War Four with you in the belt in the room. Like, you know, because you need to make decisions for yourself. Okay. You that was not... the worst punishment. Like, oh, y'all was together being Oh, man. Oh, that's like, the, the worst. Mama, it's just my friends. It's the worst. Sometimes. Exactly. Like, you know, I just want to do hood rat things with my hood rat friend. Like, I'm trying to live. We just out here. We're not doing nothing but going to the mall. Might look, might drive to Huntsville to go to the mall when we still have But it's the mall, though. I said we're going to the mall. (laughs) We're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. We're going to go to like Forever 21 and Charlotte Roos. And now I'm coming back. That's all I'm about to do. (laughs) That's all I'm about to do. Um, But 
you know, that it's just fun thinking about the stuff she used to say. Cause she's, of course, like our moms are getting older. And so now you have kids and your mom gets to experience like having grandkids. So has she changed anything of how she was when you were a kid versus how she treats like your, um, your kids or like, is it still the same? First of all, I don't even know who this new lady is in my life <laughs> because she is a totally different grandmother than she is mother. All right, she is she was hard on me. I got spanking. <laughs> all types of I fall down. She just looked, make sure I ain't bleeding. But child, let my son or right. my daughter do anything and I fuss at them. Oh, what you hollering at them for? Right. Well, they didn't mean to do it. I'd be like, who are you? Right. What was this understanding when I was a kid? Girl. One day he was not listening to her. And she said, I'm about to spank you. Girl, she hit him two times. It was the softest licks. <laughs> and it was through the pamper. I said, what is that, mama? Right. He he know I mean business. Does he? Because. <laughs> right. I don't think. I don't, think I don't even know you mean business. Right. I don't even believe and, the words coming out your mouth. Right. Then she walked him down and talking about, you know, granny didn't mean that. What type? What is this? Right. What is this? <laughs> Because you used to get beat. I don't even remember what I did. My mama came in the room, closed the blinds, and told me to lay on the bed. And I was like, she about to kill me. She didn't tell me to close the blinds so people can't see. I need help. Like, somebody come help me. So I thought I was going to be smart and roll to the other side of the bed. She hit me in the middle of the back with that belt. I was like, I see all my ancestors. Like, now I know what it was like. Girl, girl. I'd be like, girl. And I don't too know much. that little. Mm-hmm. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so they get like, well, my one-year-old, she just spazzed out by herself. <laughs> but my three-year-old, he'll get like leg tats. And I'm like, don't, don't do that to him. Right. You're not seeing him back here blowing these spit bubbles on us. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want me to do? Exactly. Well, stop blowing the spit bubbles, man. Oh my God, that is not doing nothing. It's not working. He's still doing it. He hasn't stopped. He hasn't you slapped stopped. me in, you used to slap me in the mouth. Right. <laughs> Get three little pats in the mouth. Didn't like, care nothing about it. And then told you to stop crying before they gave you something to cry about. I'm like, you just beat me. What girl, you mean? <laughs> I just be like, I can't believe you are this soft person. You know what I'm saying? But right. They're all like that. They're all, I know I'm going to be like that. It's just funny to see mm-hmm. the transition because they go from, being super protective of, of you when you're pregnant, making sure you don't do this, don't do that. Right. Be careful. Even, you know, because I had both my kids back to back. But even with the second pregnancy, she was still like that, you know. And then when you see the when the baby gets here, mm-hmm. it's a totally different ballgame. Because let me tell you, my mom is hardcore, right? <laughs> when I was pregnant, I stayed in Decatur so that, you know, we could experience the whole mother-daughter pregnant thing. We didn't go back oh, to Oh, that is good. Back here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, I had to get a C-section, well, I opted to get uh, induced because my son went over a week and I was tired. Oh, wow. I've heard so, that before, too. See, so many uh, different things that happen that people do not talk about with pregnancy. Yes. So I went over my due date. Some people say that, um, you know, they calculate the time wrong or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I just knew I was ready for him to come out. Right. All the books said he was ready to come out. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, said he ready. <laughs> they said he was ready and I was ready. <laughs> um, so my doctor, she um, uh, which I had a black doctor both times. Oh, that's great. Um, 
she was like, you know, I can't, she wouldn't be there, but she put me in the hands of the next best person and mm-hmm. he was amazing. Uh, but I got induced and my mom was like, well, I'm going to just come up there after the baby born, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, my husband's up here. She was going to go to work. Right. I should be fine. She called me like 11 o'clock the next day when the contractions started rolling in and she was like, how are you? And I was like, mama, I'm just hurting. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm coming right now. Bye. <laughs> Right, change, change. I mean, she was up there within an hour. Left work, took a shower, came up there, and I was like, I thought you were coming after. (laughs) Y'all got everything, y'all. You know, y'all got everything. What you need? What you? I'm just like, wow. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing, and it's just like they show up just like they did when we was little kids, and yes, anything. That's yeah. That's amazing. I have not gotten to that point in my life just yet. I tell people, you know, three, five, seven years, you know, whatever the Lord says. Take your time. Whatever he says. People say kids don't alter it, Mm -hmm. but it does. It does alter. Not saying it in a bad way, but kids alter your life because, first of all, I just want to take a nap when I want to. (laughs) You can only imagine. (laughs) Like, not being able to go to sleep when you want to go to sleep or, yeah. Mm. Oh, I could take a nap, but somebody could be touching my leg talking about some mama, cookies, juice, <laughs> TV, Paw Patrol. Aww. Something is happening. So, like, so, how did y'all know that you were ready to have kids? Like, is it, like, a point that you got to? Like, okay, like, now we want to have them? Or is this, like, it happens when it happens? Well, you know, me and Danny have been together for, I think it'll be 16 years mm-hmm. this year. Um, So, we had definitely... Everybody else was ready for us to have kids. Right. But um, I think just after our wedding, once you get married, the, I know for me, maybe not mm-hmm. for everybody, the love experience, like the love that you already have for this person, mm-hmm. like explodes. Okay. So like, I got pregnant two months after I got married. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize it was that quick. <laughs> Girl was fast. But we knew that we wanted kids. Okay. We yeah. always talked about having kids. And at that time, it was like, well, you know, we ain't got on the list of things to do. Right, right, right. We right. don't have anything else to do but have a child. That's um, what's up. So uh, our son wasn't, he was planned, but he wasn't really planned. If, yeah. If, so, so we wanted him. I ended up having a miscarriage my first. Mm -hmm. So I got pregnant a month after my wedding. Mm -hmm. I ended up having a miscarriage. But as the lady explained it to me, my body was getting ready to basically uh, harvest, Mm -hmm. you know, my child. Okay. Because I was like, I don't understand. I keep getting these positives, but they keep fainting away. Right. I was bleeding little by little. So that's, you know, she told me. Once I came back in and I was pregnant, mm-hmm. she was like, some women's bodies do that. They'll have a miscarriage at first, mm-hmm. um, pretty much shedding everything. And then the next time they'll get pregnant. So that's what happened. Uh, with the- okay. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I've heard that like, of course, like the older you get, the more people talk about, of course, like getting married and then like pregnancy and having babies. And then you hear more about how common it is for women to have miscarriages and going back to like the conversation we had before we started recording, it's like, it's just stuff that people don't talk about. You don't hear about that. You have to push out the placenta after the baby comes out or you got to turn the shoulders. And then it's like all these things I'm watching on TV and I'm like, you know, (laughs) the more that I watch this, the more that like, you know, like a little brown labradoodle is probably going to be cute. I just think, (laughs) I just think, you know, why not? 
it's a whole ex- listen. It's a whole experience. But if you're in the you know good hands, mm-hmm. it ha- I'm not gonna say it happens fast, but it they just keep it moving. So you just be like, okay, well, okay, I did that part, then did right. that part, and then you know, then after that, they come in, massage your stomach to make sure you don't get any blood clots and push, mm, okay. uh, you know, push the excess blood out, which did not happen with me with Kalayla. Mm-hmm. But since I knew. Um, it was supposed to happen with my son. I was like, okay, maybe I got something different or something. Right. Ended up in the uh, a couple weeks later, I started hemorrhaging. Mm, okay. And I thought back, like, oh, they didn't do this to me. And me and my husband just kind of went. We got on it, took me to the hospital. Luckily, it wasn't like any major thing, mm-hmm. but um, just having that baby the first time, having the doctor that gives you everything that's supposed to happen. Yeah helped me when I had her realize that, hey, this didn't happen. So even though people be like, oh, get a black doctor when you're black. Right. They don't be doing what they're supposed to do. This, yeah, <laughs> this is true. And that's like, it sucks because it's like, okay, I want to go to like a black doctor and stuff. But then like sometimes things are lacking and it's not that we trying to like put black doctors down, but like that's just how it happens sometimes. It's just, you know, it just it's just like that. But it's still... um I guess I would say, even though I haven't even been in this situation, so you can tell me if I'm wrong or right, child, because I'm just talking. But, um, you know, just finding a doctor that works best for you, like the best fit and, yeah. you know, the one that you feel most comfortable with. And the thing about that is, because um, my doctor with my daughter was perfectly fine until I got towards the end. Mm-hmm. Then things kind of changed up and it's hard for you to transition doctors at the end of a pregnancy mm, because okay. they want all your records. They want all this stuff, and they w- they want to be the ones that um, were with you in the beginning. Right. So you're trying to transition. Some doctors won't take you after, you know, when you hit third trimester, you're on your own. You got to stick with that doctor or whatever. Mm, okay. You may be in a, um, like, an association. Like, when I had him in Decatur, uh, the OBGYN place I had him at, had multiple doctors in there. So I could have switched out the doctor I had. Right. But the place I went to with my daughter, it was just um, two doctors there and one of them wasn't available when I, you know, preferred to switch. So me and my husband just kind of rolled it out. Yeah. Um, kind of going off, piggybacking off the experience we had with my son. Um, that was pretty much the best, the best thing we kind of did. We did, you know, I just told him at the end of the day, as long as she came in healthy, you know, and I was as, you know, as good as I could get. Right. Once I left, right. you know, we'll deal with everything else after she's born. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah. That's very interesting because, like we said before, like people just don't talk about these things. So I'm probably like more quiet than I normally am on my podcast because I'm like really <laughs> listening and learning. Like I'm soaking up all this information. I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm going to remember that. And then I need to make sure that I ask about this when that happens. So, yeah, it's just good information. So I hope this is helpful um, to people. And like I said, me and Shanice have been talking on like Facebook and Instagram back and forth about literally everything. Excuse me. And so Shanice made a post. I'm trying to remember how long, how long it's been since I've seen that post. Um, And she mentioned that she had experienced postpartum um, depression after she had um, your second child. You said Mm -hmm. Kalayla, right? Yep. Oh, so pretty. It's pretty baby. Thank you. Um, And so (laughs) that was something that as a black woman, just in general, like you hear about postpartum, but people always try to make it seem like, oh, these are things that like white women experience or black women don't experience that. Or we just don't talk about it, even if we do experience it. 
And so yeah. seeing Shanice make that post and just be really transparent, I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder would she, you know, want to share her story? And of course she said yes, because here we are today. Um, <laughs> and so Shanice, I would love for you to go into your experience and just really um, let us know how, like, how did it start? Um, when did you notice it? And just all the details that you are open to sharing with us today. Okay, so if I say anything and I skip around, I'll leave anything out. Mm. Um, just ask me at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll start off by saying when I had my son, um, I think I didn't experience postpartum because I was so busy. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people around us. Gotcha. So being home, um, it was like a schedule, honestly. My mother-in-law would come at a certain time and have him. I would be resting. My mom would come at a certain time. I would be resting. Um, and then our siblings would come at a certain time. But they came the same time every day. Mm -hmm. So they gave my husband a break to get away. You know, just to breathe. Right. Um, and I, I would suggest that for all new moms and dads, if you can just give him a time to go away and breathe, even though my husband probably didn't need it, right. but I just felt like, sure, go, you know, see a friend, get a burger by yourself, decompose, because having a new baby is a lot. Even though me and him have been around kids our whole life, new babies our whole life, mm -hmm. it's different when it's your child. Right. So I was on a schedule, you know what I'm saying? By the time we moved back to Atlanta, I was on a schedule, I was on a pumping schedule, and I was a cow. <laughs> So I I pumped enough for my son to eat for uh almost a year. Wow, Shanice. Yeah. That's so crazy. the thing that I did was I um gave him so my I had a C section with both my mm -hmm. kids. Um so with the C section it takes a little while for your milk to come in. Okay. I wasn't afraid of Similac. I know some moms are against it. I wasn't. Okay. So my son did Similac and he did Breast milk. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted my husband to experience, you know, feeding him and all that type of thing. Right. So um, I was fine with him giving him a nipple. He still attached perfectly to me mm -hmm. when I need him right. to. Um, I know some kids don't, but he was the little angel. <laughs> Child, that second one now. <laughs> she didn't know Linda Soldier. <laughs> but That's hilarious. With him. Um, so I had time to pump, you know, even when I had to get up. I had to pump every three hours. That's how much milk I had. Wow. Um, and if I did not, I literally could just hold like a bag up to my boob and it would just leak out. <laughs> That's <laughs> it crazy. Was crazy. So I had a schedule. So I really didn't have any time to sit and think about anything of really other than just processing my birth, having a new baby. I was busy. Mm -hmm. um, so like I said earlier, I had my kids back to back. I got pregnant with Kalayla, my daughter, after my son's first birth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was already um sad that I was pregnant because I felt like I didn't have enough time with just him. Mm, okay. I wanted to, you know, have more time with just him, more experiences with just him. And I felt like I couldn't give him that. You know, I had failed by not giving him that. So and that and that's a part of the postpartum process. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, I sucked it up, you know, I'm pregnant, ain't nothing I can do about it. Now. Right. Uh, I sucked it up and kept it moving in the back of my head I was just constantly like, man, you know, He's learned if this is time for him to start learning things mm, okay. and all this stuff. And I can't do it. You know, I'm going to get to a point where I can't pick him up, get to the point where I can't cuddle with him because I'm, I'm going to be too big. Yeah. So um, once I had my daughter, I was OK for a little bit. And my friend, Taisha, who she had her kids back to back, literally 
her kids are a year and a day apart. Wow, that's crazy. Um, she was she would tell me like she would see me and talk to me like I think you're about to. It seems like you're going through postpartum. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So my son started going through um, sleep regression. So I would get up every four hours to pump milk, mm-hmm. and then I would go to lay back down, and he would wake up. Oh, okay, okay. So then I would I would be getting like two hours of sleep. Ooh, bless it. That's the yeah, that's the stuff that I'm just like, ooh, okay. You have to <laughs> just have it in your head. You just, you just have to you just have to do it. Cause you know, like I feel like it's back when we get faced with so many things and it's just like, I just gotta do it. Like I don't have a choice. Like you have this determination right. that our moms have like instilled in us. And it's like I just gotta I gotta do what I can with what I got. So yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm gonna say that started it mm-hmm. because one day uh, and also so like I said, the first with the first one, everybody's around. We have your second child. Mm-hmm. They're not really around. It's not as much support. Okay. Because they feel like, oh, you've already had a baby. You got yeah, it. Yeah, uh-huh. That's what I was going to say. And it's like, girl, but I need more help now. Right. Because now you have, even though you've gone through like the newborn stage, like you still have like a toddler that you still have to look right. at at the same time having a, a newborn. So yeah. Right. So, um. I didn't really have the husband was still there. You know, people are still there right. checking on me. We, were, we came back to Decatur after I had her because I had another C-section, mm-hmm. um, which is another story because I was supposed to have an HVAC, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean, but we'll talk about that on different Okay, podcasts. okay. <laughs> then we had to come um, back for pregnancy one-on-one, too. <laughs> so, um, the, I think the first start of it was the breastfeeding, mm-hmm. the pumping. One day I was pumping and I was just crying. Mm, okay. And my husband was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm not getting any sleep because I'm trying to pump this milk for her. And he was like, she needs, she can, ju- we could just put her on, she could just have Similac. It's fine. Right. And I was like, well, you know, we had, inf- we use Infamil. And I was like, no, I, ha- I have to like, I have to get her this milk. I have to. He was like, she needs we gave little Danny Similac, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Infamil mm-hmm. cereal. <laughs> right, yeah. We gave that to him. You know, he's fine. Look at him. He's fine. Exactly. He's like, I, okay. You know, it took him a while to talk me into it. He was like, you're not getting any sleep. Right. You need to sleep. You most definitely need you to sleep. You have to do. She's going to be fine. Like, some of our parents didn't breastfeed us, and we're fine. Right. I think I might have been breastfed, like, four weeks, if that, because my mom, I ended up getting sick, and then her milk stopped. It was, like, a whole situation, but yeah. So, I stopped pumping, mm-hmm. which I felt bad mm-hmm. about. But I stopped pumping. You know, she was just on the Infamil, and... um like, I slowly just started, like, feeling myself fade away. Mm-hmm. You know, everything made me mad. Um, if I could, if I would get her to sleep and then he, I couldn't get him to sleep, I'd be mad. If I could get him to sleep but she didn't want to sleep, I'd be mm-hmm. mad. Um, and then I was just crying. That's so interesting, yeah. Just crying for no reason, you know what I'm saying? Or I started thinking about, like, now you got two kids. How are you going to, you know, mm-hmm. how are you going to do this with your business and all this stuff? and are you going to be a good enough mom? Well, these other moms out here, you know, look at them. They pull themselves together. They got their hair done. They make up done. Mm-hmm. They're doing it with two kids and a newborn. Look at you. So at a certain point, I deleted my apps off of my phone mm-hmm. because I felt like um, everything I was seeing on social media was playing a part into 
my depression like oh look at these perfect moms because there was other moms around me that were having kids mm-hmm. and they seemed like they were doing great i'm just over yeah here. like everything was fine social media will most definitely do that to you i advise everybody to just take a break sometime especially if you feel like like you said like you've seen other people in a similar situation that you're in and be like well they got this and they look fine and this this and this and it's just like it will it will take you down that rabbit hole and you're like i ain't doing nothing i'm supposed to be doing in life this not working that not working and then you come to the realization that them folks probably they might be dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with they just putting a highlight reel you know on social media right so um i'll just tell you like pivotal Mm -hmm. points through the whole process because it took me a year yeah to fully pull myself out Mm -hmm. of it um and i'm still in therapy now but so um my daughter was in alabama and my mother-in-law had given her had added a little bit of cereal to her Mm -hmm. milk because she said that uh, the ounces that we were giving her, she was just, you know, constantly eating. It was running through mm-hmm. her. And um, my sister-in-law, we were in the text message. I was like, well, nobody told me this. And, you know, we're the parents. You know, somebody should have told us. Right. And they didn't really mean any harm. Right, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just grandparents. And they were like, well, she needed it and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I just started crying. And I didn't text back. My husband ended up texting back. I think I deleted the thread. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, they could take care of her. They could just have her. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, them saying that to me said, "Well, you're not a good parent. You don't know what she needs. We know mm-hmm. better than you." I just started crying. And to me, it was like, "Well, you know, you're a sorry parent. You don't even know that your baby's hungry. Wow, and yeah. that the outfit you're giving her isn't even enough." And my husband would be like, "It's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't quite understand what I was going through right. either." He was just like, anytime I would cry, he'd be like, no, you don't have to do that. It's fine. Or if I'd be upset, he'd be like, what's wrong? Did I do something? And I'd be like, no, you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but you're mad. So <laughs> right, you mad like, what's about? going on? And I can't explain why I'm mad because you don't want to talk about it because you think you sound crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, And then it's like, if I do talk about it, I'm going to start crying and all this stuff. You just, you get so drained, you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So, um... <laughs> At this time, you know, I have natural hair. Mm-hmm. At this time, I'm not really brushing my teeth. I'm not really getting up to eat. Mm. I either go from not eating or binge eating. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'm an emotional eater. Ooh, child. Me too. <laughs> so then I'm just, uh, I'm taking a shower because you have right, to. Right, right. When I say I'm not brushing my teeth, I'm like taking the toothbrush, putting it on there like three times around my mouth. And mm-hmm. I'm not combing my hair. I'm just putting gel on my edges and brushing it into the mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm just not myself. And it's hard to explain exactly what triggers mm-hmm. it. You know, I could be just looking at my kids. They could be laughing and I could just feel like you're dumb. You're stupid for having these two kids. Who told you to have kids? You can't take care of these mm. kids. Yeah. And then at one point it's like, why do you even have a husband? Why do you want him in this you're always sad. You're always mad. Like, let him go. Him, he can do better with the kids than mm. you. You just leave the the, the um, area. So, yeah, one day I sat there and I just, I literally had suicidal thoughts. Not like I want to take a gun and kill right. myself. More like if you just disappear, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll be fine without you. Um, I because you know I'm like I can't kill myself. I don't want my kids to see that. I don't want my husband. Right. To see that. I just wanted to go to sleep 
and not wake up for a very long time. And if I did wake up, I wanted to wake up like years from mm-hmm. now when they've maybe forgot about me and all that. So that was the point. Um, that day I had all those thoughts. I had to like, you know, talk mm-hmm. myself back into you're a good mom. Like your kids, they're perfect. They they have no worries. They're fed. They got clothes, more than enough clothes. She right. You love them. You spend time with them. All that stuff. Your husband is fine. You're psyching yourself. Right. Out. Like you're making up stuff at this point. And it's like, I'm not making it up. This is how I feel. Exactly. Yes. It's like those so feelings are still point, valid. Yeah. Yeah. At that point I had, uh, we had a car ride and I cried for four hours. Wow. Straight. Yeah. I rode from, we came uh, back home uh, from Atlanta mm-hmm. where we live. And I cried for four hours. And my husband, he didn't know. You know, he I, he knew I didn't want to talk to him. He sent me, like, messages just saying, like, I'm not sure what's wrong, but we're going to get through this together. Yeah. Like, we love you. We need you. I don't even know how he even knew I was. I don't even think he knew I was having Right, problems. yeah. But, and then that made me cry harder because it's, like, him telling me, you have somebody in your corner. Because I felt like I had no one. I didn't talk to my mom about this. Um, my friends, I stopped talking mm-hmm. to them. I only talked to my friends, Aisha, because I knew that she knew what I was going through. Right. Other than that, um, I just shut them out. Yeah. I closed the door and I felt like nobody cared about me because no one's calling to check on me. Uh, nobody's really laughing. You know, nobody's sending the whole, just having a good kiki. I wasn't happy. Right, yeah. I didn't go out with any friends my daughter's whole year of birth, mm-hmm. really. I stayed to myself. I stayed cut off. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't have postpartum depression. Maybe I'm just depressed. I don't right, know. yeah. Uh, and my friend was like, you know, go talk to someone. So I ended up, um, I went on Talkspace because Talkspace, you can um, chat with like, you can chat with a therapist. Mm-hmm. You don't have to see one because I didn't have time to go see somebody. Right. Like, I'm working constantly. Um, yeah, I work. I'm a you know in the catering business, so I'm always working. I don't have time to do mm-hmm. this or whatever. I got to work, so I end up finding a black therapist who took my insurance, um, and then I just kind of let it all yeah. out. And it's easier to write it down. And I've I've um, talked to her on the phone. We've sent emails. It's easier to just write it all out. Yeah, and then talk to her on the phone. So I did that after that, and she was like, "Yeah, you have postpartum depression." With just a little bit of, um, I think she called it pre-partum depression. So basically, I was depressed before I even had. Them. Okay, okay. Pushed through that, and then pretty much it all came to a win mm-hmm. at, the, at the end. Yeah, like after I had her, everything just kind of built built up in me. And I've seen a therapist before mm-hmm. for like work anxiety type mm-hmm. of things, but never to that right. Because even when I was going to the um, doctors, you know, checkup appointments, they'd be like, "Are you having?" Uh, postpartum suicidal thoughts. I'm like, nope, I'm fine. Right, and I think I like no that's like to me being like in public health and stuff. It's like you ask like this yes or no question. So it's like a close ended question. It's like, are you experiencing right. this, this, and this? Nah, just like have a conversation with me. Like bring up different, yeah. yeah like just <laughs> talk to me about this. Like let's talk. Bring up this and how is this going? Like give me the opportunity to explain something so that you can hear it within because even if you would have asked me let me see i've been going to therapy since i want to say 2018 so about about two years almost if you would ask me like oh yeah do you feel like you know sad or depressed i'm like "Mm -mm, i'm good what's up you know what i'm saying because i was lying to myself i was like 
girl, you're not having suicidal thoughts for real. Like, you good. Like, this stuff not that bad. Like, think about other people. Other folks are homeless and they've been through, you know, way worse. But then, like you said, yeah, you fuck yourself Yes, out. you most definitely do. Like, that same person that's telling you those negative thoughts in your head is the same person telling you, like, girl, no, you don't need to go to therapy. We good. You talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> You talk to me. You talk to me. You don't need to go talk to nobody else. We got you. And it's just like, I need this other voice to be quiet. I need to go talk to somebody. <laughs> and I had asked, you know, you know, you guys have been through postpartum or anything. And nope. People were like, no, nah, girl, I'm good. I, I just had my kids and kept it pushing. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm crazy. Right. Because and now you feel isolated and by I yourself. wants to talk about mm-hmm. it. And no, this is no shade to my mama because I love her. But I didn't talk to my mama because I know you're just going to pray mm-hmm. and tell me to pray about yeah. it. And prayer was not fixing that. Prayer was not fixing that. I'm in the shower crying saying, Jesus, Lord, if you just take the thoughts away, I'll do whatever. Right. We bargaining. I get out the shower. I dry off. It's another thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm Absolutely. Uh, I was even meditating. I was taking time. Let me just get some time by myself. Mm-hmm. Time by myself. I would meditate. I would just chill out you know apps on my phone positive affirmations no that was not working <laughs> i knew i had to go see somebody i knew i did not want to die right yeah i knew i wanted to go to sleep for a long time <laughs> exactly so if we could just figure out why i want to sleep exactly and what i could do to stay woke then let's just do that right because just knowing you in high school and then like of course seeing you as you know after we graduated you always been like that vibrant, funny, you know, person. You, you like, you never came up to me as being that person with like, you know, I don't feel like talking to y'all today. Like, of course we all had that moment, but just like completely right. like disconnecting. It's like, you know, that's never really been the personality that I've been around. So it's like, and I'm sure, you know, your friends probably like, you know, we haven't talked to Shanice, like something is going on. Oh, yeah. One of my friends straight called. She used to call me. I would send her to the box. Mm-hmm. It was a text. It was a text. And she called me like, listen, pick up the phone because something's wrong with you. <laughs> I haven't talked to you. You keep texting me. Something is wrong with you. And, you know, I ended up telling her. But, of course, I had been in therapy. And I was I was always comfortable talking about it once I got into mm-hmm. therapy. Um, Because you already know. I talk about therapy all the time. Please go. Yes. Please go. <laughs> Black women need so, therapy. We must go. We yes, must go. I... I felt fine, you know, telling her about it and all that. The only scary part to me was was having the suicidal mm-hmm. thoughts. Like, thinking that my husband and my kids did not need me because all these other people knew better than mm-hmm. me. When really, you know what I'm saying, I know best. Right, right. I have to keep telling myself. And even sometimes now when people... Because once you have kids, people suggest all types of stuff. That's what I've been hearing. That's what I mean. <laughs> and with my first baby, I was like, you know, I got this. This is my first little baby. I know what to do. I had a little baby before. Right. I know you see me talk about the 19-year-old on my uh, podcast. <laughs> I mean, not my podcast. On my Twitter yeah. and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I didn't have her since she was a baby. <laughs> she live at my house now. You right. know what I'm like, we've been around kids. I know what to do. It's just, for some reason, when I had the second mm-hmm. one, when they would say, oh, you... you they could say, oh, she looks better in red. To me, it's like, you don't know how to dress your baby. You don't mm-hmm. know nothing about color. Right. Red going to protect her energy. <laughs> you put that yellow on her. That yellow going to make her stupid. And it's like, what? Now that I think about it, like, that is some stupid stuff. Why do you Right. But like, my therapist is like, it's just what pops up. Anything is going to, tr- anything can trigger you and make it mm-hmm. pop up. Until you start, you know, we start talking about this and basically building my uh, self-esteem back up. 
Yeah. Because I was down, down. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I, was, I had to, um, because I wasn't brushing my hair. Right. It had matted up. Oh, wow. It was falling out. Mm-hmm. It was falling mm-hmm. out. Matted. I had to cut it off. You know, then it's like, oh, well, I ain't got hair no more. So he going to think I'm mm. like Mind you, you know his mama ain't got a lick. Of right. Man <laughs> peace. Miss Kim rocks it. She is a fade girl. <laughs> okay. And he don't care about hair. My therapist is like, you're making up, your mind is making up things mm-hmm. for your husband. Why don't you ask your husband if he likes right. it? Ask him if he doesn't like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, my therapist helped me through a bunch, still helps me to this day. Um, it was just the postpartum, it, and it hit you out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Because you don't even see the gradual signs before right. then. You just think, oh, maybe I'm thinking crazy. Or maybe, you know, I'm just tripping or whatever. Right. But it, it's literally, it starts small. It really started from me breast not being able to breastfeed her or supply her mm-hmm. with milk. Because, like it or not, there is a, um, they're breastfeeding mommy booth. Yes, girl. <laughs> I have met some when I was in grad school. One of the ladies that I work with, like she wasn't a breastfeeding bully, but like she was most definitely the ones like, oh, you know, you should breastfeed your kids and breast is best and like all this type of stuff. And I'm in my head like, okay, yeah, like we see that, you know, studies show that this is good too. But like, what about the mamas that can't? Like now you have isolated right. them and making them feel like they're not doing the best thing for their, you know, babies when like they doing the best they can with what they got. So if that's what you got, you right. got to use it. You know, I feel, it's like everything that I wasn't able to do for mm-hmm. her that I was able to do for mm, him. Okay, yeah, hit me with guilt. Yeah, everything was guilt. You know what I'm saying? And then I had guilt from him not just being able to spend mommy and son, right? Yep, because I got her, I gotta make sure she's straight. Because at a point in time, um, I couldn't put him to sleep. My husband, he would only go to sleep with my mm-hmm. husband, so now I feel like, well, shit, I'm a terrible mama because I right. can't put my own mm. baby to sleep. Yeah. He would, I would fix him a plate. He wouldn't eat it. You know, then my husband would give him the same plate. Then, yeah. So I'm like, why am I here? You don't even like me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you right. don't even like you, girl. Why am I here? Right. For like, what I do to you? Yeah. Yeah, but it, it takes a while. Um, I, And once I posted that post, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people commented. Some people reached out to me in my mm-hmm. inbox. Um, Only thing I could say was go to therapy. Even if you have Medicaid. Yeah. You can find a therapist on there or a counseling mm-hmm. center. You can find things like that on there. Um, I just wanted to find a black therapist because that's what I want. Right. Just like when I had my black doctor, I need someone that knows what I'm going through, knows why I don't want to talk to my mom because she's super religion. And I just don't want anyone. Pr- I know prayer is not the answer. Not that I don't want her to pray for me, but I just need more. Right. Therapy. Absolutely. You know, my therapist, she understood that she already knew. Right. And I was the same way when I was looking for my therapist. I literally Googled. I was like, okay, black therapist in my area. Because like you said, it's like it's not that a white therapist probably couldn't have helped me as well, but they wouldn't have been able to relate to some of the things that I was dealing with at that time. Like, yeah, the connections yeah. that you make are, and if you can't find a black therapist, please go to Right. One. Go regardless, please. <laughs> my thing with, and also my my therapist didn't push pills on me. I told her I don't I don't mm-hmm. want a pill. I gotta figure out what's That's wrong. That's really good. I can't, you know, I don't want to take a pill and I'm happy for right now. And when I run out of pills, I'm not happy mm-hmm. anymore. I need to get down to what's wrong and work out work that right, out, yeah. Which led to other things that, you know, we checked off. Hey, this is this is something that just 
this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. You have to learn mm-hmm. with this. These are your ticks. We're going to learn to deal with ticks, how to deal with that. You know, different things like that. She taught me different ways to deal mm-hmm. with things. And slowly, you know, I, I became my normal self again. Becoming, uh, I just told, when I went in there, I told her, I need to get back to Shanice. Not mom Shanice, because mom Shanice is drunk. Mm. I need to get back to Shanice because regular Shanice knows how to be a mom. She knows how to be a wife. She knows how to be a business owner. She knows how to balance all right. that. Just super mom Shanice is drowning. Because that's what I want to be. I want to be a yeah. super mom. I want to take care of everything. I want my baby to speak 30 languages. I want him to do <laughs> right, all this right, stuff. Yeah. And no, girl. He'd be like, Paw Patrol. Okay, Paw Patrol. <laughs> I'd be like, this is blue. He'd be like, no, I don't know what blue is. Go on. Okay. We see in the videos of people like teaching their kids the colors and shapes and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they don't look interested at all. They want to go play. Yeah, they want to go play. And then, you know, and then I'm I'm mom. So sometimes what he does with mom, he don't want to do with other people. Like at daycare, yeah. they do numbers, letters, colors. He come to me, we go over colors and letters. He just be looking at me like, can I go to my room and play? Right. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But like, today. I did this already. I don't want to do this right, <laughs> <laughs> right now. We've already talked about this. But right, I did this earlier today, girl. I just really, I really like thank you so much for sharing your story, and I also love how much emphasis you put on your therapist because, of course, as the black community, I don't feel like we talk about you know any other things that we really go through, and even like going growing up, they was like, oh, you know, well, he just a little, you know, he a little touched or something instead of really talking mm-hmm. about like, oh, this happened to him when he was a kid and this, 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 he really should have seen a therapist. You know what I'm saying? Or this right. person should have seen a therapist. Or like, we they probably should have put them in therapy when they was little kids, you know, after something happened. And so now that we, you know, grown up and like understand what therapy is, and it's just like, I have to talk to somebody because, you know, with my situation, it's like, I was talking to my girls, but I was like, I don't want to always go to them and just like dump all my emotional baggage on them. Which they didn't care nothing about because, you know, at the end of the day, like your friends are your friends. They're going to ride for you. Just like, you know, your mom. But it got to that point in my life where I was like, I got to go talk to somebody that don't know nothing about me. That don't know none of my friends. I know nobody that I can talk to to give me like the honest truth. Like if I'm selfish, tell me I'm selfish. If I'm like writing people off, let me know. And so I did the same thing as you. I found. You know, I like to call her my beautiful black therapist, not to try and to fetishize her or nothing, but like, she's just a beautiful black woman. I was like, you know, this looks like somebody I would be friends with. I'm going to call her and see, could she be, you know, my therapist? And it was a journey. And like, for people that are afraid to start therapy, it's just like, you find out so much more things about yourself that you had like no idea. So like, for me, it's like, it was like opening up a whole nother like place in my mind of like who I was and how I can appreciate other people and then show up for myself first instead of always showing up for other people and not having anything left, yep. you know, for me. So I, yeah. And it's a, um, it's, if you're afraid to go to therapy because you feel like you're going to be judged, it is a non-judgment mm-hmm. zone. I went, the both times I've been to therapy, my first therapist was a white mm-hmm. lady, an older white lady who was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I knew for this particular mm-hmm situation i needed someone who looked like yeah. me so if you're afraid that oh they're gonna judge you it, they're not gonna judge you right one. and for two it feels so much better and the advice is so 
it hits you different mm-hmm. coming from someone that has no ties to anyone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But what you have to do is you have to be honest. I was afraid to tell my therapist, yes, I'm having suicidal thoughts because who wants to say that? I'm right, right, right. Because it's like, but she was like, if we're going to get through this, you're going to have to tell me everything. And it was easy. It was easy for me to tell her everything because you don't know me from a pan of cane. Also, you have 30 other crazy people <laughs> that you're going to see throughout this week. So I'm not the only crazy one in here. Exactly. You went to school to listen to people <laughs> tell you about all the deep, darkest secrets, whatever they got going on in their mind. You went to school for this. So yes. you prepared. And I need, I need help. See, our friends, they just give us advice. You know right. what I'm saying? But I need somebody that studied. I need <laughs> somebody that studied how the mind Hello. Works. Okay. Help me navigate this. I need... I need you to ask me questions that got me thinking. Right. Other than you just hit me with the, mm-hmm, yes, girl. Well, let me tell you what I think. No, I need someone that went and got some degrees, okay. that studied this stuff, that's asking me open-ended, you know, asking me questions where, okay, well, why do you feel like this? You think you feel like this because of that? Well, let's talk about this part. Right. And it's like... That helped me break down all this. Right, because it's questions that your friend is not going to be able to ask you, like you said, because they're only going to be able to speak from their experience. So like they right. might not have ever experienced postpartum or experienced, you know, right. suicidal thoughts. And so you'll right. get like the, you know, the cliche, I'm going to pray for you, girl. And, you know, God going to get you through and go read this, um, go read the scripture and this, this, and this. And not to say that that's not helpful, but like, I'm going to pray for you. Here's the lady I've been going to for the last couple of years. Call her and see if she can help. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's combine. Thank you, girl. Thank you. That's what I need. Let's combine I these things. Okay. Cause <laughs> That can be very isolating, too, where you having like you feeling like, you know, you're depressed and you don't want to be here no more. And it's just like, what's the point? And then somebody hits you with a prayer and then you pray. And then, like you said, before you can even get out the shower, the next thought has already started. And it's just like, what else am I supposed to do? Like, I have to do something else. Have to Mm -hmm. do something. And it's like with therapists, like you said. You got an hour. Their sole job is to listen to you talk for a whole hour. They're going to listen to you. And like you said, they have studied the brain. So they know what it looks like instead of if you talking about you want to go beat up your boyfriend. Your friend's like, well, girl, let's go. Your therapist is going to be like, well, why do you think that you feel that way? Or you respond to when he says certain things like that? You know, it's just. Yeah. I always feel better after yeah. I go to therapy. It's one of the things I look forward to. It's like a kiki, just like I would have with my friends, but it's with somebody that has a PhD, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're not crying. Like, of course, I cried in some of my right. um, sessions. And, but you're not crying all exactly. the time. You know what I'm saying? People, some people think, oh, I'm going to go in there and be sad, all this. No, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. And if you're busy, you can find, you can use Talkspace. You can find mm-hmm. people where you can, um, you know, text them email them talk to them on the absolutely. phone you can do all that and i'm I, I live where her office is so i always can pop in of course we still do it like it is now because it's okay mm-hmm. Rona but, up. <laughs> uh, she'll call you know she'll send me an email if she hasn't heard from me in a couple of days i mean a couple mm-hmm. months she'll shoot me an email hey you good you need to schedule anything just you know right. just check in you need something like that. Of course, I pay her. Right, course. right. But I don't pay her for the check-ins. You know, she just does it because she's a, a great therapist. Right. Yeah. Um, Have a good follow-up and making sure. Because, like, you'll get bogged down and you'll be, like, going through stuff. And you're like, well, I don't have the time right now. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to schedule it. And then it'll be three and four months, you know, down the line. 
And my therapist helped me. She was like, you know, even if you don't have an issue that you feel like you need to talk to me about and like everything is fine, mm-hmm. you still need to come see me because our brains like to focus on the negative and we don't praise the positive. And she was like, you can come up, come in here and tell me all the great things that, that are going on in your life. And that's just as right. beneficial as you coming in here telling me that you're struggling with this, this and this in your job and in your personal life. And so I think, you know, that would help people as well because as people in general, we always focus on the negative. We're like, oh, the sun is out. Oh, the sun is too bright. It's so hot out here. I'm like, oh, I'm like <laughs> quick to say that and be like, oh, I'm so glad the sun is out. I need this vitamin D kiss, honey. So, you know, it's just it's just the way that our brains are made up. So, yeah, going to a therapist, you just, you're just able to get those things out. I've been like trying to scream that to anybody in there. I'm like, oh, girl, go to therapy. Yeah, you need to go to therapy. You want to go to, I know a therapist. I can put you in touch with somebody. <laughs> so I know my friend's probably tired of me. Because I'd be like, I pray for you, but I also want you to go to therapy. Let me know how it went. So, yeah. I mean, I've been in conversations where people are like, we should journal. You know, you can talk to me anytime you need to. And I'm like, get a therapist. Because <laughs> that's what you right. need. <laughs> right. That's what's up. I'm so glad that, you know, we out here thriving with our black therapists. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Okay. But um, while you were telling your story, and again, I appreciate you so much for just being open and honest with us. You also mentioned that you run a business. And so, yeah. you know, like I told y'all, I hear Shanice about anything. So Shanice was cooking. I think it was on like Instagram story or something. I was like, oh, that little girl, what is this? And what is that? And I was <laughs> like, well, how do you do this? What you do to season this? So like she said, Shanice does have a business and it is a food truck or is catering business both? Both. both. Okay. And Bama Q. So tell the people about Bama Q and these delicious foods that you have. Because I've seen that the shakes that you all just released went viral. And I thought about, you know, stop being vegan, looking at the lemon pepper wings that y'all have. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are gone. Okay. (sighs) That was yesterday, so you can't get you mm-hmm. none. Stay, we're gonna get you some uh lemon pepper cauliflower. Let me tell you something. I will come to wherever you are <laughs> to make some lemon pepper cauliflower, okay? Wherever I need to be, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a it started off as a catering business called the mm-hmm. Bamacue, and then we ventured off into the food trucking business. Okay. So the why uh while we're here in Alabama, which is um where mm-hmm. I am right now, we actually built a food truck. That is so, so cool. that's why we're here. We we're building our own food truck because it's expensive mm-hmm. to rent and it's expensive to get one new off the lot. So we want to shout out YouTube. Okay. <laughs> YouTube taught us how to build our food truck. That's what's up. Um so yes, we built the food trailer. That's why we're here. So while we were here, we were like, well, we might as well. Um, you know, just crank it up. And I've done the shakes mm-hmm. before, um, last year, and they were a pretty big hit. Uh, I didn't have the birthday cake one like mm-hmm. I wanted it, so I took it off the menu and just did the red velvet and the cookie mm-hmm. cream. Um, now I have the birthday cake one, which which is what right, we right, okay. Um, and it's been a blaze ever since. <laughs> it looked delicious. I was just like, okay, so. Let me see if I'm gonna be vegetarian today. I'm gonna be vegan today. If I'm vegetarian today, I can I can <laughs> I can get one of these because I basically I think it's been three years in April this year 
they've just been going back and forth between like vegetarian and vegan, trying to be really like full blown mm-hmm. vegan. It's like, okay, you know, you have to allow yourself some grace. So you do what you can do. Right. And then going on vacation and be like, you know, these chicken and waffles that they got on this menu look pretty good. We're just going to see what happens. You know, we're just going to test it out, see if it, if it works. So, you know, we, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep it cute, <laughs> but um, you mentioned fried cauliflower and like during this quarantine, I have tried all these different recipes on how to do fried cauliflower. And that is one of like me and my mom's new favorite thing. So, you know, if you need a taste test or whatever you need, just call me, girl. We, you know, I'll let you know. <laughs> we will I'll work it know. out. So, yes, <laughs> I'm so excited for people to um, check you um, check you all out on the BAMQ and have some of your delicious food. Because I have, let me tell you, I have not tasted any of it. But when I tell you the pictures speak for themselves, so if the food tastes any better than the pictures look, you're going to have folks talking y'all. <laughs> girl it's it's been crazy like after it went viral it's been lines on lines we've been selling out in two hours and a half hours um so yeah it's 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 been a little crazy uh but we appreciate all the love of course decatur shows love but this is a new type right right (laughs) we just sold out before but yeah we ain't been selling out like this but we appreciate y'all because this is how we pay our bills and keep our cheering clothes <laughs> right. and the daycare because lord knows i need the daycare absolutely absolutely that's what's up i'm glad that that is going well and i just love to see people from decatur thriving because we all go through stuff as kids and we all you know folks will talk about decatur I'm like oh it's not this it's not that but the decatur um has really created some amazing entrepreneurs and just some great businesses so shout out to decatur alabama yeah. the good old two five six <laughs> yeah so um lastly i do want to talk about this um what i want to call it, like a show or a video that i watched a couple of weeks ago on facebook with this group called girl trek and so girl trek is a group that brings together black women to just increase um physical fitness and well-being all while, you know, staying culturally competent, not competent, but culturally aware and bringing, you know, amazing speakers and stuff. So when I watched it, it was the beginning of their Daughters of series and they had Angela Davis and Nikki Giovanni. And if y'all listen to the episode from last week, you will know that Angela Davis and Nikki Giovanni are like two of my most favorite people. I have a wall of women of inspiration. They are most definitely on there because both of them truly live out loud and they just say you know speak was on their mind which reminds me of my grandma and of course my mama so during that show they had a section where they said daughters of and so when they said daughters of then you get to go into like who are you the daughter of so like for me i'll be the daughter of matilda the daughter of louise and the daughter of queen esther and so they began to say who they were the daughter of and like things that they learned and the journeys that they had you know with their moms and so I wanted to ask you, Shanice, like, who are you the daughter of? And you kind of alluded to um, some of that earlier. And what is something or what is the most important thing that you've learned from your mothers? So um, my grandmother was a very quiet mm-hmm. lady. So I could only go back to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been on Ancestry trying to dig a little bit in her past, which also helps that I used to work for Ancestry. Right. So I know how to I remember that. So. <laughs> I'm the, <laughs> I'm the daughter of Fanny Yarbrough, who is the daughter of Annie Barrett. 
Um, I'm the daughter. I'm the daughter of a silent warrior. Mm, come on, man. My mom was always very quiet. Um, I never really saw her get upset. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she would get upset with me, but she always held her composure. And the only way I would know she had a bad day was if she had a Pepsi. <laughs> if she was drinking a Pepsi, she was having a bad day. But I call her a silent warrior because she keeps her head down and she does it. I am my mom's only mm-hmm. child. And my dad was there, but he wasn't financially mm-hmm. there. So even though my mom got married, she never really asked my stepdad for right. much when it came to me. Everything I had, my mom did. I already said I was a busy mm-hmm. child. She put me in all the sports, um, clothes, um, choir, anything that I really mm-hmm. wanted to do, she did it. My mom works at a chicken plant. Mm-hmm. She would get off of work at 4.45 to be at my game on time. Mm-hmm. Straight. You know, she used to keep her shoes, extra pair of clothes in the yeah. car. If she couldn't hop the shower, at least she could change clothes. She was always my advocate, um, but she was always just quiet. Like she was, she would be working on things that I wouldn't even know. You know, there'll be times where, you know, as an adult, I would now see, oh, money was tight, right? But I, I never would know. You know, she'd keep her head down and just do what she needed to do. And once I had my second child, you know, and started open up, she would just be like, "You just gotta put your head down, do what mm-hmm. you gotta do." With your business, put your head down, do what you got to do. I'm an adult, and she will still slide two, three hundred dollars over here. I see you, you know, I see what you're doing. Just just take this, you know, give it back to me if you can, or don't give it back to me, you know. So I definitely call her my little silent warrior because Lord knows she will get in a corner somewhere and get to pray. Um, And the prayers are Mm -hmm. filled and heard. Because uh, there have been plenty of times I'm like, somebody's got to be praying for me because I know. Absolutely. With this attitude I got, I know I'm supposed to be in somebody's right. jail, a grave. Uh, Somewhere. My therapist and my husband had told me, hey, you can't just be talking to people, popping off on them like that. Right. And I'd be like, well, they, they said this to me. And I, and I need like to it. let them know <laughs> how I felt about that. But I, absolutely. But, I love that. Silent warrior. But my grandmother was the same way. She was she was really quiet. That's why I don't know. You know, she passed away when I was mm-hmm. in middle school. But I was with her all the time. You know, we were little. You don't think about asking people about their people. I know that her mom died mm-hmm. when she was young. Um, I think my grandmother's from Tennessee, and that she came to Alabama to stay with. I think maybe mm-hmm. her aunt. I know her father lived. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're both my little silent warriors. That's what's up, cause like. And, like, my mom, she, from listening to her and, like, how she would tell me, like, how she was and when she was younger and stuff, I can relate to a lot to it because she was kind of quiet and, like, meek and shy. And then, like, the older she's gotten, she's gotten way more outspoken and where she's just not going to take, you know, BS off of people. So, it's, like, if she feels like you're doing her wrong or even other people in my family, like, she will most definitely, like, rise up and stand up for, for them and just seeing that and then all the different things like she went through when I was younger. And then like, as I've gotten older, she's just always had this resilience about her. And that's something that I would say is like one of the most important things that I've seen from her. And even like my grandmothers, because they had to do the best they could with what they had. Like, you know, mm-hmm. my mom's mom had like 12 kids and then my grandma, uh, my dad's mom, I think she had like seven or eight kids. So it's like, 
you have these large families and you got to do, you got to make do with what you got. And then kind of like Tupac is like, we never knew what was going on. Like mama always made Christmas and Thanksgiving happen. And I remember telling right. my mama, I was like, I thought we was rich when I was younger. Like, I thought you made like $80,000. And then, you know. Girl, when you find out what they're yeah. really making, you're like, how did I get to go to McDonald's more than twice a week and getting all this candy and eating all this stuff? You know, I ain't have no business eating. But like just growing up and seeing that in her just gave me that mindset, like you said, of just like putting your head down and keep going and like never giving up. And that's kind of where I get one of my sayings, the keep pressing saying from is because no matter what, like you always have to, you never know what the next day holds. And so like when you have that moment and you like, I just don't know if I can make it to tomorrow. Like I'm tired of feeling this pain or I just want to sleep until, you know, some of this can go away. And it's like being having that resilience and even that almost subconscious determination, because in that moment, like you don't want to be here, like you want to leave. But the fact that you still make it to that next day and like you just keep pressing to see what's going to what's going to change, because like Tuesday might have been a bad day, but Wednesday could have been your breakthrough and amazing. And so when you keep pressing to that next day, like you get to see it. And so like you get to see all those things come to fruition. So, yeah, this has been an amazing conversation, girl. This is fed, fed my soul. Cause honey, I, when I got off work, I was like, who child? I am T. I read, but this has been, <laughs> this has been great. And I would love for you to tell the people where they can follow the BAMQ and also any, um, personal, was it social media handles that you would like to give to the folks so they can find you? Um, well, you can find us at the Bama Q. So it's T H E B A M A, the letter Q. And that's on all social media platforms. Uh, I post more on Facebook than I do um, on the other social media platforms. But if you have a question, you shoot it on there. I will reply to you. Um, I'm Shanice Safaya on Facebook. It's pretty much where I'm, I'm as mm-hmm. active at. Um, if anyone has any postpartum questions or whatever, you can friend me. You can just send me a message. Um, like I was telling Brinka before, I'm going to try to find a safe space for black moms to talk about these issues. Um, just so there's a village because we do need a village. Um, even though I have overcame my postpartum, you know, there's still days where I may have a thought. I'm like, "Mm -mm, girl. Right. Yeah. And then. You know, just someone rallying you around because you just don't get out of depression when you go to therapy. Right, right. <laughs> it's not a work. one and done. You have to want to do the work. Right. I wish. <laughs> um, You have to want to do the work. And if you do get on, you know, you have to get on the happy pills, as they call them. I'm not calling them that. Right. Call that's fine. You know, you have to do what you need to do that's going to make you happy, make you the better person. So if you want to talk. You can find me at Shanice Safaya. I'm pretty sure Brinker will spill it out Absolutely. for you guys. <laughs> In the, um, somewhere on the podcast. But yeah, um, I'm all here for Black women and especially Black mothers' mental health. Um, and even though I'm married with a husband, I still go through the same mm-hmm. thing that other Black women go through. Because again, I wanted to be a super mom, so I didn't really want him to do anything. There was a point in time where... I just want to do everything. I want him to right. do nothing. Like, this is my baby. I got it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I'm not a single mother. I was trying to act like <laughs> I was. So people had to be like, girl, you got a whole husband. Let him do this, do that, and do this. Let him help make decisions or whatever. Exactly. So, you know, 
whatever your spot is. And that comes from also watching my mom being a single mother. I get certain things, um, certain things click mm-hmm. with me. You know, being your mom's only child, you just sometimes they talk to you when you're little and you don't understand the thing. Like, okay, my right, mom, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Then when you get older, it's like, oh, I got, when we had that conversation, that made sense. Okay, you know, blah, blah, Absolutely. blah, or whatever. So, if you guys want to talk, that I've had women in my inbox before talking about it. Feel free to hop in my inbox. I will talk to you as much as you need to be talked to about. I don't wish that feeling on anybody that I was mm-hmm. going through, but you can get through it. You can make it. Um, you can find a therapist, even if you don't have any insurance. You can still pay for a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, some therapists take payment plans. You know, we feel like, oh, if I don't have insurance, I can't get exactly. help. Or I can't afford it. But some therapists take payment plans and they're becoming better, you know, with options for people because a lot of people ain't got insurance. Exactly. Like, even though we <laughs> had the ACA, the folks still ain't got insurance. That's absolutely true. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and they still trying to make money too, so they got to find another way. <laughs> right. They have options. Um, so, yeah, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better, hit me up. If you're in the Atlanta area, um, follow us. We do a pop-ups. You can book our food trailer. You can book just regular drop-off catering. Um, even if you're in Decatur, you can book us. Decatur's just a hop and skip away from right. Atlanta. And we'll shoot back down here. But um, yes. I definitely yes. appreciate you having me on, girl. If you need me any other time, you let Absolutely. me know. Absolutely. We will most definitely have you back on because I want to know more about how y'all built this food trailer. Absolutely. And then to go into, because that is so interesting. And my mind is always going 50 million, you know, miles a minute. I was like, okay, I want to do this. And I want to do this. I want to do this. So I would love to talk to you about that. And just thank you for being a resource and just, you know, a strong person in this community that is open to talking about these things that we go through, especially as Black women. And then being like that puzzle piece for other Black women to be able to connect with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I will most definitely put Shanice contact information in um, the description for this podcast so everybody can um, use that resource and then have additional information about how to navigate, you know, enrolling for therapy and finding therapists and everything like that. So thank you all for listening. This has been an amazing podcast. I hope you all enjoy it just as much as I have because this has been great. Um, <laughs> please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Sit Down with Brinks and share this episode. And you can find this podcast as well as others um, on my YouTube channel, as well as SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And so thank you for listening to the Sit Down with Brinks and we'll be back soon.